You are Locked On A's. Your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It's time for Locked On A's. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. Thank you, Amelia, and how's it going, A's fans? Welcome to episode 256 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke. And on today's episode, we are going over the A's 11th victory in a row. They have the second most wins in baseball. They're tied for the second most. Who cares about the Red Sox 12 wins? Nobody cares about that. We care about the A's 12 wins and then nobody else. The the, the, the Dodgers have like 14. It doesn't matter. Uh, but we're going to talk about that game, uh, all of the <laughs> insanity that ensued from that game. And then in the second segment, I'm going to go over a, l- a little bit of uh, Elvis Andrews. I want to talk about Elvis Andrews. It looks like he's turning a page a little bit, not very quickly. He's a slow reader, but I think that he might get there. And I'm going to give you some reasons why. And in the third segment, we're going over the Orioles game because the Orioles are the A's next opponent. And we always got to keep one eye open for what's coming up next. How are the A's going to continue this streak? They got to beat the Orioles three more games. So that's how they continue the streak. So we're talking about the Orioles as well. But before I get into anything, though, this episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join me this week on Friday at Game time. I believe that's four o'clock because they're playing in Baltimore. We're talking about the Orioles later. Uh, So make sure to download the app, get in on the action locker room, changing the way that we talk about sports. Also make sure to follow us on social media at locked on A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter and in the locker room app. And if you have any questions for us, please send those to locked on athletics at gmail.com. So let's talk about this game. This this game was insane. It was wild. The A's won 13 to 12. Obviously, no pitchers were having a good day, except for Diolis Guerra, who threw one pitch, got one out, and got the win for the A's. I don't think that that's good enough to declare him the new vulture. I think that that's still used Mero Petit's role, but uh, I liked what I saw, and I hope that he gets into some, some later inning situations, because uh, one pitch, one out, you don't get more effective than that. Go to, I mean, you could, you can get a triple play, but that, how often does that happen? Or a double play too, but that doesn't happen very often. I want to see more of Diolos Guerra. He's impressed me in the little spurts that I've seen of him, so I want to see more of him, but that's for another podcast today. Let's just start off in the 10th inning, okay? The A's and Twins were tied at 10, heading into the 10th, and as you know, by now, uh, in extra innings, there is a runner on second base. They start on second base just so we don't have to sit through a bunch of extra innings, and uh, it's kind of fun. I like it because as an A's fan, I cannot remember the last time or if the A's have lost an extra inning game with this rule. They are, I believe, undefeated. They may have lost once, but it feels like they're undefeated, and they've played a bunch of these games, so I like it a lot, and uh, it's a, it's the best rule ever invented in baseball. It's high praise for Rob Manfred on this podcast today, um, but let's get into the game here. Uh, in the 10th inning, because he made the last out of the ninth inning, Josh Donaldson was the ghost runner, if you want to call it that, on second base, or at least he was supposed to be, but he is not a great runner. So Rocco Baldelli, the Twins manager, decided to go with a pinch runner, which, you know, that makes sense. In the moment, that makes lots and lots of sense. He brought in a pinch runner, which was Travis Blankenhorn. He'll come up in just a minute. So he was the pinch.
bench runner. Uh, Byron Buxton drilled a two-run shot. He had a great game. We'll go over that here in a minute, too. And that looked like it could be the end for the A's. They were down 12-10. to 10. Then, you know, Diolos Guerra got his out to finish off the 10th inning. And uh, the, the Twins looked like they had this one wrapped up. So we get to the bottom of the 10th inning. The A's get their runner on second base. Piscotti flew out. Sean Murphy struck out. And then Seth Brown walked. Elvis Andrews drew a nice walk. That was a nice at-bat by Elvis Andrews. And then Canna reached on air by the new second baseman, Travis Blankenhorn, uh, which he shouldn't have been in the game. The COVID outbreak that delayed the series by, you know, a couple by a day, uh, that had an impact because Blankenhorn was just a, a recent addition. He should not necessarily be on this roster. They have some other guys that are now on the COVID IL who would have been better options, but because of the, the COVID outbreak, Blankenhorn ended up playing second base in the bottom of the 10th inning, and that was great. Uh, so the, the A's still had the bases loaded, and then the game winner from Ramon Laureano was just a, a ground ball to third base and a terrible, terrible throw by Luis Arias and uh, that it went down the first baseline. Obviously, the runs scored. The A's win the game off of that. They had two walks, no hits, and two errors led to the A's winning and scoring three runs in this inning. That is just ridiculous. And it all stemmed from the COVID IL and taking Josh Donaldson out of the game. You put Travis Blankenhorn at second base, and the guy that had been playing second base, Luis Arias, is now playing third base, throws a ball down the first baseline. So that one little move by Rocco Baldelli kind of gave the A's the win. And you don't want, if you don't want to blame Baldelli, that's completely fine. It makes sense in the moment if you trust in your guys and all that stuff, but it really came back to bite the Twins on Wednesday. So uh, the A's benefited and this was a, a luck win. I was not expecting it. It was wonderful and <laughs> 11 straight. That's all I can say. 11 straight. That was a lot of fun. The A's have now won 11 in a row. They are 12 and 7 on the season. They are alone atop the AL West. It doesn't matter right this early in the season, but the re- it, it matters only because they started 0-6. That's the only reason I bring it up. I don't care about the standings right now, but they're 12-7 and atop the AL West. The Astros are in last. I think they've won two or three games since they won the first. Yeah, they've won three games since they, uh, they went 4-0 against the A's to start the season. So they stink, and that's lots and lots of fun for A's fans. But let's get into some of the the nitty gritty because obviously, with you know twenty five combined runs scored, you got some stuff to talk about. Starting pitchers: Kent Maeda went three innings pitched, gave up eight hits, seven earned runs, didn't walk anybody, struck out one guy. Frankie Montas, he went four innings, gave up nine hits, six earned runs, didn't walk anybody. And I do want to say he did not walk anybody. That is good for Frankie Montas. Obviously, they were crushing all of the balls that he was throwing, but he didn't walk anybody. So that was nice. Maybe he was two in the zone. And that's what <laughs> screwed him up on this game. He also uh, struck out four, gave up three home runs. That was uh, that was kind of the deal breaker for him. One fun little tidbit that I found early on uh, was Maeda threw seven pitches in the first and then allowed three innings in the second. And then Frankie Montas threw seven pitches in the second and allowed three innings or three runs in the third. So I was like, hey, just stop throwing seven pitches and then you don't allow any more runs. Obviously, with 25 total runs scored, that was not the case. There was only a couple, like, I think four pitchers in the entire game that did not allow a run. And two of those for the A's threw 
two thirds of an inning combined. So uh, good, good times. But let's get to some of the the standout offensive performances. Obviously, you got to go with uh, Matt Olson. He went three for five with two home runs, a solo shot, and a two run shot. He ended up with three RBIs, two runs scored. He is currently batting 316, which is unheard of for Matt Olson. I love that. He hit, I think, 195, 196 last year. Uh, I'll take 316. I'll, I'll take 260 out of Matt Olson if he's crushing 45 bombs, which he's kind of on pace for right now, you guys. He, he's going to win the MVP, just so you guys know. Uh, he's also He also has a uh, 1078 OPS, so he's playing incredible baseball right now. I talked about Byron Buxton and his two-run shot in the top of the 10th. He also had an amazing, amazing catch that usually I don't talk about the other teams and gloat about them, but Damn it, it is fun watching him play baseball. He robbed Matt Olson of another RBI. Uh, there was a runner on second. Matt Olson hit one in the gap. He, uh, Byron Buxton, dove for it. And Matt Olson was just, they, they had a laugh over how great of a play that was, even though it was in the late innings and the A's were still down by one run. And Byron Buxton's glove kept that run off the board and out of Matt Olson's stat line. They were like, that was a really good play. That was fun. And that's, I, I love those plays in baseball when they, they have a nice laugh over an amazing defensive play because they just appreciate the play. And uh, I like that. Um, but moving on, Nelson Cruz, he had one foot. He went two for five with two home runs, four runs batted in and two runs. Uh, he hurt his foot uh, in the double header on Tuesday. I wasn't making fun of him. He actually injured himself, but he was playing on one foot. So that's why that came up. Josh Donaldson does not like the Oakland Athletics. He went four for six with two RBI, three runs scored in a home run. Uh, he also had the big pinch runner situation. And when a guy's four for six, I know that he's a slow runner, but I mean, let him run at that point. He's four for six in the game. I'm, he's carrying the team. I don't know why. Anyways, Seth Brown, he went three for four. He's been in excellent call up by the Oakland Athletics. Also, Kai Tom, uh, who basically, uh, because Seth Brown is performing so well, Kai Tom uh, was DFA'd and the Pirates ended up claiming him off of waivers. So the A's did not offer him back to the Cleveland Indians. He is now with the Pittsburgh Pirates who have Dustin Fowler and Kai Tom, two former A's outfielders that were DFA'd earlier this season. If they had picked up Sky Bolt, they would have had a trifecta of DFA'd A's outfielders roaming their outfield, and that would have been uh, quite a stat, but didn't happen. Anyway, Seth Brown went three for four with a home run of his own, two RBI, two runs scored. He has been excellent, and what I love about him is the A's are hitting him like eighth. Obviously, he's a left-handed bat. That is awesome. But he's also adding length to the lineup the way that he's hitting right now, where the A's can go basically one through eight, and then Elvis Andrews kind of does whatever he does. But having Seth Brown down there makes the pitcher work just that much harder as opposed to having, you know, Kai, Tom, or the other fourth outfielders. And I really like having Seth Brown in this lineup, especially against Fridays because, you know, platoons and all that stuff. And then you got Steven Biscotti, who I said all offseason, platoon him against lefties. He will be good. He's been pretty decent so far this year, you got to say. Obviously, he missed a couple of games because of the birth of his child, but he's been pretty good. And I'm very happy. Maybe I'll go into that a little bit more in depth next week once we get a little bit more uh, stat cast data on Stephen Piscotti because he hasn't had a ton of playing time. Let's give him let's give him a little bit of a sample size to work with here. But uh, it was an exciting game. I'm out of breath. I need to take a break. But uh, coming up, I'm going to talk about Elvis Andrews and what I think could be around the corner potentially if he fixes one or maybe two little things. So talking about that here in just a minute. So stay locked in with Locked On A's, and I'll be right back. 
This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I will be hosting rooms for Locked On A's once a week, and yes, you can finally join in the, on the conversation you hear every single day. I'll tell you guys when I'm going live each and every week. I'll post it on social media so you know there's going to be a link. It's really easy if you follow us on social media at Lockdown A's. And if you already have the Locker Room app, I am at by Jason B. Give me a follow. You get alerted when I go live. And Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. So be sure to join me this week on Friday at 4 o'clock when they start playing the, the uh, Baltimore Orioles. I'll be going live. Uh, we'll probably have some other locked on hosts in there because that's usually how these things go. We just like to have a party talking about baseball. Sometimes you don't even have to be watching the game. We'll just be talking and having fun. And if the game comes up, the game comes up. So join me on the locker room app and go download the locker room app too. And it's currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile link your Twitter and join the MLB group for the latest updates. Follow me at by Jason B to be notified when my room goes live. I know you won't want to miss it. I'm planning on going live on Friday at four o'clock Pacific time. I can't wait to hear everybody's thoughts on the A's. And so I'll see you guys there. Locker room changing the way we talk about sports. Today's episode is also brought to you guys by rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box and let them know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com this year, the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft live. Get insight and analysis from Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page to watch a live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft from April 29th through the May 1st. And welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to follow us, subscribe to the podcast, wherever you like hearing podcasts. Also, make sure to follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at by Jason B on Twitter and in the Locker Room app. And if you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So let's get into Elvis Andrews a little bit real quick. Uh, let's start with his performance on Wednesday against the Twins. He went one for four with two runs scored, a stolen base, an RBI, and a walk. He also region on a fielder's choice so he was on base three times I know one of those was an out making performance and he just got there because they couldn't retire him but you know still he was on base three times he stole a base and that's what I want to see more of I want to see him on base more that's why I want him to hit better and that's why we're talking about Elvis Andrews right now he is hitting 143 on the season not great he has a 200 on base percentage not great again small sample sizes but still this is kind of what you're worried about with Elvis Andrews is 
is he going to pick it up? And so I wanted to look at some of the numbers and see if he's doing a little bit better at the very least. And in the series against the Twins, he went two for eight with two walks, two strikeouts, three stolen bases. And uh, that's not bad. I don't think if he, you know, obviously he got on base three times because the fielder's choice and all that stuff. But um, yeah, he got on base two hits and two walks and then the fielder's choice. So five times, I, I believe. And he had three stolen bases. That's good. I like that. That amount of production in such a limited experience or limited uh, times on base. And I want to see what he can do if he's getting on base at like a 300 clip or something like that. So uh, I, I looked into where he's been struggling and right now he's getting eaten up by fastballs and the league knows it. He's getting 60% heaters and hitting 086 against them. That's not great. His expected batting average on fastballs though is 235 which is not great but definitely acceptable at the very least he's been hitting off speed and breaking pitches okay uh, they're more in line with his career averages or what he did last year at least um, so it's really the fastballs that are giving him trouble right now does he have the bat speed to do it anymore I don't know so I, I dug deeper I dug deeper this is what we're doing um his career ground ball rate, I'm going to go career numbers here, and then I'll give you uh, side-by-side -side with his 2021 stats so far. His career ground ball rate is 49.8. That's almost 50%. That's not great. In 2021, he's actually dropped that a little bit. It's at 43.8. He's dropped it by 6%. Is it small sample size, or has he made a swing adjustment? That's what I want to, I want to keep looking at these stats and find that out. Uh, his fly ball rate has gone from 18% uh, 18.6% in his career to 27.1. So it looks like it's a swing adjustment and he's trying to get the timing right is what I'm assuming from these two numbers right here. And then his line drive rate, it, it's basically on par with his career rate. It's 25.1 for his career, 25 for this season. So basically the same. I'm not going to nitpick on that. That's the same. Uh, his pop-up rate has actually gone down a little bit from 6.5 in his career to 4.2. So that's also a plus. And his pull rate, that's something that he's not actually doing very well, which means again, bat speed might be his issue right now with the fastballs. 35.7% uh, pull rate in his career, and right now it is a 22.9. And basically that difference of, you know, 13% uh, is basically he's going opposite field instead, which that is fine. That is kind. He's not a home run hitter. He's not a doubles hitter even. Uh, he, he, I think his career high is 20 home runs, and he might be able to give you 25 doubles if he's going good in, in a season. So if, if the A's can get like 15 to 20 doubles out of him and he's just slapping singles and stealing bases, that's just as good. If he gets on first, single walk, however he gets on first, and then steals a base, that's as good as a double, right? That's as good as a double. So how do we get him on first base more often? Um, basically, I, I think with the way things have started, what I'm hoping for right now is his 2018 season, in which wasn't a great year. It wasn't fantastic, but if we can get Elvis Andrews producing at this rate, with the rest of the guys in this lineup, I think that this would be a very acceptable rate for Elvis Andrews and have him be a very solid performer in the lineup, given the defense that he's actually performing with. Uh, he has a, in, in 2018, he had a 256 batting average and 308 on base. Not, not numbers you're going to write home about for, by any means, by any means. Uh, but you know, 308, that's not bad. I get it's, it's over 300, which is great. He also had a 76 WRC plus, so he was 24% worse than league average. Obviously, not what you want to see. And I've been saying since the trade happened, 
if he performs basically at the level of KD or Chris Davis, who he was traded for, and then Mitch Moreland outperforms uh, um, Marcus Simeon, then then you're looking at on the aggregate a better offense. And so that's what I'm kind of looking for. Chris Davis has not played this year, but the last two seasons in 19 and 20, basically since he stopped hitting 247, he started having 82 WRC pluses and uh, not great. But, you know, if we can get Elvis Andrews to be close to that number, I think that the offense will be okay. So just for comparison's sake, here's how everybody's doing so far this season. Let's start defensively. Let's start with the man of the hour, Elvis Andres. He has one defensive run saved, which this early in the season, not bad for somebody who's basically league average for the most part. And he is also in the 71st percentile in uh, outs above average. So that's not bad. That is also the same percentage as Marcus Simeon. So they're playing basically the same defense. And But Marcus Simeon, obviously, he's been a little bit better with the bat. Uh, he has four home runs, seven runs scored, seven runs runs batted in, but he's batting 174, which not great, not a lot higher than our boy Mark, than our boy uh, Elvis Andrews over here, but his WRC plus is way higher because of those power stats. It's at 66 as opposed to uh, zero or one or three. I think it's a three right now for Elvis Andrews. So he's not doing great WRC plus wise, and he's probably not going to because he's not a power guy. But if you take in Mitch Moreland stats, he has two home runs, three runs scored, and eight RBIs, and has a 117 WRC+, plus, which is actually a little bit lower than he'd had last year, but it's kind of in line with his career stats. So if you if Mitch Moreland can keep that up for the entire season, I think that the A's offense is going to be actually a lot better than last season um, because Marcus Simeon, if he gets up to like league average or like 105, 110 even with his WRC+, plus, uh, that's still lower than what, Mitch Moreland is giving you, and that was the worry is if Marcus Simeon is the 2019 version of himself, the third place in the AL MVP voting, that's the version that you're a little bit scared of letting go. But if he's the Marcus Simeon that we've seen all of the other seasons, then the A's can replace that with Mitch Moreland and get the aggregate total between him and Chris Davis, and uh, they, they'll they'll be okay. So uh, basically, can Elvis Andrews hit fastballs. That's my big question right now. We're going to find out at some point here. Um, and does he not have bat speed? Is he trying to get his timing right? Because he's been getting on top of balls and under balls a little bit, but he hasn't been hitting. He's never really been a, a square up the ball kind of guy. He's also not getting lucky when he does square the ball up. But uh, these are little things. He's not performing extra worse than he has in previous seasons. He's just not having the results right now. So hopefully over time, he gets a little bit more luck on his side and some of these hits start falling and we can get him up to like 250, 260 or something like that with the batting average, get him up to like a 310 on base and we'll call it good right there. Let, let him keep teaching guys how to steal bases and then the A's will be just fine. I'm very excited about it. Um, yeah, I don't know if he's, obviously he's going to be here for the long haul because he's signed for next year too. So, uh, we got to hope for the best in this, in this scenario here, uh, cause there's not really a way to replace him without spending more money, which is not going to happen. So, uh, we got to fix all the Saunders and I don't have a way to do it, but I think to just kind of wait it out and wait for his timing to be there a little bit more than it has been. And hopefully that'll lead to a couple of more, you know, singles down the line or doubles even because he's still kind of fast. He's not like super fast, but he's above league average for sure. So uh, yeah, that's the hope with Elvis Andrews right now. Uh, 
If more stats become available, I will look at them and I will tell you about them. But that's what I got for right now. Coming up on the show, I'm talking about the Orioles and uh, their three to nothing loss to the Miami Marlins. So stay locked in with Locked On A's and I'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you guys by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to place a bet on all of your sports action. The NBA is in full swing. NHL is going hard right now. Baseball is lots of fun. If you put some money down on the A's, you're probably going to be doing just fine because they keep winning ball games, people. But if you don't like sports, they also have uh, awards, TV shows, and reality TV that you can place bets on. They also have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. And Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head on over to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. And that is why everybody's saying that Bet Online or your online sports experts. This episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy to her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high quality fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and fairly priced so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. If you're on the hunt for the perfect unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only on BlueNile.com. The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey is happening now. Featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason LaConfora, and Brian Baldinger, our local experts from every team will be making trades and picking the next stars of their team. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That is A-U-D-A-C-Y. And with that, welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to subscribe wherever you like hearing podcasts uh, on the Odyssey app, perhaps. And if you can, leave us a rating and a review. If you do, please, I've been getting some very sweet feedback. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate all the kind words that have been coming in. Uh, Thank you to Aaron and whoever wrote the review on iTunes. Thoroughly appreciate that. Um, also, make sure to follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter and in the locker room app. If you have any questions for us, please send those to lockedonathletics at gmail.com. So we're running out of time. We're going to do this real quick. The Orioles lost to the Marlins three to nothing. Bruce Zimmerman got the start for the Orioles. He went four and two thirds innings pitched, gave up six hits, three earned runs, two walks, struck out four. He's not starting in the series that. Uh, against the A's, so doesn't matter. Might come into play in a weekend, but not this coming weekend. Uh, he was bested by a long shot by Trevor Rogers, who, uh, if you don't have him in your fantasy league, pick him up now if he's still available, because he's been really good. He went seven innings, gave up four hits, walked one, struck out eight. He's been great. Uh, he gave up three hard-hit balls. One of them was a ground out, one of them was a line out, and one of them was a double. So the the, uh, the Orioles got one hit on a hard-hit ball. Good for them. One of the other Four hits that Trevor Rogers gave up was also uh, just a single that went 40 feet. I don't know what happened. Didn't see the replay, but it went 40 feet, which is not 
to the base. So uh, some shenanigans happened there for sure. The Orioles got two more hard hit balls against the bullpen. Obviously, they didn't score because they finished with zero, uh, and those were ground out lineouts. So they got a few hard hit balls, but not as many as you would see, like, I don't know, in the A's and Twins game from Wednesday. So uh, not a lot of bat work going on there. Uh, it looks like the O's plan basically every day outside of John Means starts is to try and get five innings pitched out of their starting pitcher and then just let the bullpen take over and see what happens. And uh, it did not work out for them on Wednesday against the Marlins, but uh, Jorge Lopez, who is a Friday starter for the Orioles, uh, he hasn't gone past five innings. John Means can go a little bit deeper. He can go like seven if he's feeling it and doing well. But uh, Sunday starter Matt Harvey has also not gone more than five innings. So uh, the A's will be seeing a lot of this Baltimore bullpen, and I recorded a talk with Connor Newcomb of Locked On Orioles. Uh, it's going to be posting on Friday or tomorrow as you're hearing this, and he talked, I, I asked him to mention at the end of the podcast, I asked him to mention uh, somebody from the Orioles that A's fans do not know, but will know by the end of the series, and he named a couple of bullpen pieces, so tune in for that because uh, I got very excited about one of them. I don't want to see him pitch against the A's, but I'm very excited about his uh, his pitch, and it, the pitch is name and what it does. I want to see it live. So uh, that's going to be listen to that on Friday and then hopefully we don't have to see it this weekend, but well, at least in like a close game. Hopefully the A's are winning by like a whole bunch of runs and then they're just getting this guy some work. Um, also, just last note on the Orioles before they start playing, uh, they, the A's and Orioles both have Thursday off, so uh, they're both off until Friday and so nothing else is going to happen. But uh, one last note before that series starts is that Anthony Santander, uh, one guy that you may be familiar with on their team, he's actually going to be on the IL for the next two to four weeks, so the A's will probably not see him at all this season, which uh, is unfortunate because he's one of their better players. And I like hearing his name because it's very pretty. Um, it, it, it hits the ears nicely, I think. Santander. Uh, maybe not the way that I say it, but the way that their announcer says uh, Gary Thorne, I believe, is their, their announcer on TV. And he's fantastic. He has a great voice. He used to do hockey. Loved him, <laughs> loved hearing him do hockey. So, uh, yeah, but anyways, that is it for me today. I got the Locked On Orioles crossover for you guys on Friday. So, uh, yeah, until next week. I mean, I'll, I'll do an intro tomorrow, I guess. But until next week, uh, stay indoors and celebrate good times, Oakland. Keep wearing those masks, and I will talk at you, well, technically tomorrow, but also on Monday. <laughs>